don't stop living. I mean, when you stop being active and learning and doing things, you pretty much stop living. That's why I focus on active agers. Hi, I'm Matt McKee. I created Cherry Bomb in the Sweet Blast series of limited edition photos with the mission to start conversations in the room about the bigger topics of food, art, and sustainability. This podcast is the companion piece to that project where I get to share with you some of the discussions that Sweet Blast has inspired. This past year has been very strange limbo for almost all of us. It found us either completely foregoing our routines of eating healthy and exercising or going in the opposite extreme and experimenting with all kinds of new menus and routines. And with so many of us realizing we're not getting any younger, I found myself setting up a conversation with Holly Kovo, owner of Fitting Fitness In. As she said in her bio, she is passionate about reigniting the lives of aging Americans through the simple fitness shifts that help them retain their independence and increase their daily joy. Holly, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Your practice is unique, at least to my limited experience, in that you're not aimed at the young gym rats or anything like that, but actually are targeting the fastest growing population, which is the 65 and older crowd. Can you tell me a little bit about Fitting Fitness In? Sure. I'm a personal training company and I work with people 50 and older. Um, but I focus a lot on the active agers, teach a lot of senior fitness classes. And um, my goal, uh, I'm also a brain health trainer. So my goal is to make sure that these active agers age well so that they can be active and functional later into their lives, into their 70s, 80s and 90s. Oh, wow. Even their hundreds. Oh, my gosh. Do you have clients who are actually that old? Uh, I have clients in their 90s. Yeah. Oh my my oldest client is 98. Wow. In terms of your clients, what are their goals and motivations? How do they decide to reach out to you? Well, I teach at several of the Council on Aging departments in the area. And so I teach some classes like brains and balance classes. I do webinars or I get a lot of referrals from current clients. Oh, excellent. I've said it before in this podcast. I, I really think that there's an art and a science to just about everything we do from the traditional creative arts to our daily routines even. And that most people don't even notice what they're doing. As we are creatures of habits in so many ways, how do you go about motivating your clients to see the routines that they've got themselves into and to change the routines in fitness and nutrition? Right. Well, first, I have to learn what the client's goal is. And is that goal working towards something like I want to be able to play with my grandchildren? Or is it a goal that's working away from I want to get out of this um, stagnant lifestyle, this sedentary lifestyle? So. Most people are either working towards a goal or working away from a pain. So once you figure that out, then you can do baby steps along the way to get them moving in the right direction. So there's some psychology involved in that. Actually, that was my major in college psychology. So it really does play, come into play. Absolutely. And I just make small achievable goals. Fitness is the fountain of youth. It will change your mood. It will change your blood pressure. It will change your blood sugar levels. It will change your lifestyle. So just adding a little bit, like 20 push-ups a day. So I make my seniors do 20 push-ups a day. I'm not sure I could do 20 push-ups a day. Well, there are are different variations of push-ups. You start with push-ups against the wall. And then as you get further lower towards the floor... So you start with push-ups against the wall. Then you go to push-ups in the kitchen counter. And who can't do push-ups on the kitchen counter while you're waiting for the microwave? <laughs> right? 
20 push-ups a day. That's how I do fitting fitness in. I start with that and they have to do 20 push-ups a day because at some point they may fall and need to push themselves up. And if they don't have that ability to actually push themselves up or off the wall or off the floor, how are they going to get up? So it is a big motivator for them. Yeah. To do that. And I also call them out in class. I say, okay, everyone, raise your hand. Who did your 20 push ups yesterday? <laughs> oh, that's brutal. Oh, that's brutal. All right. And they uh, don't want to not raise their hand. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you, you're a tough love teacher? I am, but you know, I'm realistic too because life gets in the way. I mean, really, it's 80, the 80 20 rule. 80% of the time, you're good. You do your exercises, you eat right. 20% you can splurge. Just don't do all that 20% all in one chunk. As you're telling me this, as you're uh, telling your story, one of the challenges I have is is uh, a passion, a love for food. The problem is that I'm usually walking around with something in my hand that I'm shoving in my face all the time. How would you respond to someone who has that kind of a food addiction? Just make sure you're making the right choices, healthy choices. So if you're going to walk around with something in your hand all the time. Make it an apple or maybe some carrots or some nuts. Nuts are very good and high in protein, but they're also high in fat. So you only want to do one portion of nuts per day. And a portion of nuts is a quarter cup if they're already shelled. Okay. Now, here's a couple things. If you're eating out of stress, when you eat crunchy foods, it forces your jaw to do a lot of work and it de-stresses you. Uh So instead of chips, eat a carrot because a carrot is crunchy as well. Or an apple. My One of my favorite snacks is slice of apple with a little bit of all-natural peanut butter on top. Oh, now we're talking. So the peanut butter, yeah, well, it's all-natural. So all-natural only has peanut butter and maybe a little salt. There's no sugar in there. Okay. But the apple's sweet and crunchy, and then you get a little extra protein. And the more protein you have, the less you're going to eat because you're more full. Protein fills you up. All right. Mm. So it's your choice of foods. Now, I love food and I love to cook, but I am cooking more healthier foods now. I, I don't do the, the cream sauces, you know, anything that's high in fat. And you can really get some really yummy food that is you know, more like a Mediterranean diet where you're doing more of your fruits and vegetables and low fat protein. See, as soon as, soon as you start talking about like it's the Mediterranean thing, I start going, oh, OK, I, I, I love Mediterranean food. That's that's all good. When you start talking eating healthy and, and things like that, I start thinking about all the tasteless foods that have been foisted on me over the years. So that that's well, doesn't have to be tasteless. Just make use of spices. I mean, our whole garden started when my husband made a spice garden or herb garden for me because I wanted fresh herbs to cook with because, boy, it makes a difference when you cook with fresh herbs. Absolutely. And so he started making an herb garden. And then the next year it got bigger and then he moved it because it was by this our pool. And then he moved it into this bigger garden and even bigger garden. And last year, oh my gosh, he got a little carried away because we were all home at COVID and we had like six gardens all around the backyard, Oh my! huge gardens. So I still have herbs from the, from the garden. I have some in my freezer. I have some, I, I, um, hydrate them, dehydrate them. So I have the, the, um, dried spices, but I also freeze them. And then I, I have fresh spices. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I went through the process of uh, elimination. There's about six different ways that you can freeze spices. I found the best way is to get this little um, rotating, I don't know what it's called, but it's a rotating thing that you just stuff the um, spices in 
and then you freeze it and then you just squeeze it out. And then I use a grating, a grater. And then depending on how thick I want, it. if I want it thick, I use a cheese grater. If I want it thin, I'll use a zester. And then I have that fresh herb all year round. Oh, wow. All right. I have to try that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Mediterranean. You like Mediterranean food. Well, that's part oh, of the Mediterranean diet. I love all food, but Mediterranean certainly it sounds better than eat healthy. I'd rather, you know. So it's really in the spices and okay. what you put in there. Fair enough. Can you speak a little bit about the mindset that you're trying to instill into your clients going back right. to your practice? I want them to make wise choices. It's all about choices. Now, if you want a piece of chocolate cake, you can choose to eat that piece of chocolate cake. One, do you have to eat the whole piece? No, because your taste buds only taste it through two bites. After two bites, your taste buds no longer taste that food. Oh, my gosh. That's why when you go to an expensive restaurant, they give you a a sorbet or something to cleanse your palate between servings or between um, courses. That's to re-engage your taste buds. Got it. So you really only need two bites of that chocolate cake. But if you're going to do that chocolate cake, fine. But then you have to choose to exercise and burn off those calories. So I'm never going to tell a client, you can't have a piece of cake. You can't have a glass of wine. You make that choice. But if you're making that choice, you have to choose to work it off. So more push-ups. Well, or cardio <laughs> or squats or, you know, lifting weights is really good because when you, the more you lift weights, the more muscle you have on your body and the more muscle you have on your body, the higher your metabolism. Ah, okay. So we don't have, we don't lose muscle when we age. We lose muscle because we slow down and stop maintaining our strength or gaining strength. Jack Lalane had a lot of muscle on his body when he passed away at 93. Yes, I remember those uh, those ads from way back when. For people who are like, I'm over 50 at this point, and I spend a lot of time uh, in my commercial practice sitting in front of the computer, editing images or, or video mm-hmm. or whatever, or driving to clients and things like that. You'd say fitting fitness in. It, are there yeah. exercises that I can be doing while I'm... While you're sitting? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I have a whole bunch of exercise you can do when you're sitting um, because sometimes clients have a, an issue and they have like I had one client who had a broke his ankle and he was one of my large weight loss clients. He'd already lost 130 pounds and oh we had another hundred to go. So I didn't let him get away with not exercising just because he couldn't stand up. I got him a DVD of boxing sitting and boxing. Oh my gosh, you burn a lot of calories boxing. And even if you're sitting and you're punching, wow. you know, the we, the we boxing, that's like yeah. within 10% of um, calories burned of actual boxing. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, really, you can still do bicep curls while you're sitting. You can do leg lifts. You can do, you know, knee lifts. You can do a lot of things sitting. The other thing is, you know, when you're driving, you could be doing, you know, when I get to a traffic light, a stoplight, and then you can do butt squeezes. Who's going to know, you know? <laughs> when you're in the grocery store, when I'm online waiting at the deli counter, I do calf raises. They even know me at the at the grocery store. You know, there was a new person working in the deli and I was doing my calf raises. She goes, oh, are you the one doing calf raises all the time? I heard about you. Oh, wow. I said, yeah, oh, that's wow. me. So little things like that. And by the way, I'm standing right now doing this interview. I'm not sitting. And I'm reclining in my uh, And my I'm office burning chair. more calories standing because I'm standing and you're sitting. Interesting. So All right. 
I have a standing desk. I'm not sure I could do my image editing while I was standing, but uh, might be something to look into. All of this comes from someplace. I've, I find that all of the people I've talked to have some kind of, of moment in their life where where things changed for them and they, they found their passion, they found their curiosity and turned it into something more, as you've done with fitting fitness in. What was the motivation for you? What was that moment? Well, I always liked to dance. And when I was in college, I started teaching aerobics. I loved it. So once I got out of school, I actually went into high tech because I did computer program classes, even though it wasn't my major, I went into high tech, but I always taught aerobics on the side. And then I made a decision that I wanted to work one-on-one with people. And at that point in time, I had owned a software company. I sold it and I was like, I'm going to switch over and become a personal trainer. So I got certified. I worked two nights a week at a gym for a year to make sure that's what I wanted to do. And then I switched and my kids were young at the time. And I said, I'm going to grow this business as my kids grow. I wanted to make a difference in single people lives. And at that point, I was working with people that needed to lose hundreds of pounds. And so I was very successful at that because it was constant motivation and seeing, you know, what motivated them. Were they working towards a goal? Were they working away from pain? Figure that out and then give them baby steps along the way achievable ones. Yeah. Achievable is always the, the key phrase whenever someone's exactly. talking about goals. You have to have wins. You got to have wins. Otherwise, you're not yeah. going to keep going. So I didn't read, you <laughs> know, it's not true. like I ever was really overweight or, you know, I just, I love to dance and I started with aerobics and then, and my classes have a lot of dance aerobics in them, which are very good because there are routines that they have to memorize and they have to do, which is great for the brain as well as the body. And I incorporate a lot of things that are for that I learned as a brain health trainer into my classes. I have a feeling I know where the answer to this question is going to go. But uh, one of the questions I bring up to everybody, um, because I'm always about relaxation at the end of the day kind of thing. But when the end of the day comes for you. Now, you told me before we started recording that your day actually starts at 530 in the morning and you go for how long do you go? First of all, Uh, it depends on the day. Because I may have clients or some or classes or something in the evening, but like today, I'll finish up at five. Okay, I start at six thirty. That's a long day. So, what do you do to relax? What's what if you were going to sit down at the end of the day and whip yourself up a meal or a, a glass of wine or something like that? What would be your ideal? I found that alcohol affects my sleep. So I am drinking de-alkalized wine now. Oh, wow. I found a really great brand, Ariel, which tastes just like wine, but doesn't have the alcohol. So I may have a glass of that while I'm cooking dinner and I'm going to go for the healthy foods, you know, and and I love to cook and I love to create. I'm going to look in the fridge and I'm going to look in the cabinets. I'm going to see what I have and what I can put together. And maybe I'll start with a recipe and then modify it based on what I have. And kind of have fun with that. So I enjoy that. And then afterwards, you know, I may sit down with my husband and watch a show, but not much. I don't watch a lot of TV. We have a hot tub. <laughs> that was my midlife crisis purchase. There you go. I bought a hot tub. And so we're in the hot tub four or five nights a week. Oh, wow. Even in the winter? Oh, yeah. It's outside. It's, it's awesome in the winter. Wow. I think it would be fun to be sitting in a hot tub in the wintertime. It's the getting to and coming from. Yeah, there's only the, four steps out the, the okay. sliding glass door. <laughs> and that probably invigorates you as well, I'm sure. Yeah, well, we have a sauna too, so 
after Gosh. the sauna, we will jump in the snow. My husband, oh. more than me, he's, he comes from a Finnish family, so. That's hardcore. That is hardcore. Looking back, uh, looking back over the years, uh, back to when you were just getting out of, of, let's say, getting out of college, or maybe right before you went to college, if you could tell yourself one thing, one secret, one concept, what would you tell yourself at that point? Keep learning. Mm, I love to learn. I am always learning. I am always going to conferences. (laughs) My poor clients in my classes, I'll tell them, oh, I'm going to a conference this weekend. They'll be like, oh, no, (laughs) which means Monday we're going to have all sorts of new stuff. But they, they moan and groan, but they love it because there's always something new and different to do. Yeah. Keep learning. And that's, that was, that's me still. I love to learn. Fantastic. I'm with you on that one. Let's go forward now. 30 years out, 40 years out, which I am years out, whatever. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah. You're going to outlive certainly me and probably everybody else. I'm sure too healthy. Wow. You never know. This is true. This is true. What would your legacy be? My legacy. I want to motivate as many people as possible to fit exercise and healthy eating into their life so that they can have an active life later into their, you know, into their later years, well into their third act. There's no reason why you can't be active and doing all sorts of stuff in your nineties. Man, that's good. There's a new website um, and a media company called growing boulder, growing boulder.com. And it features all these people that are in their third act doing wonderful things I mean, they had this one video of Banana Bob, who at 99 was was um, water skiing barefoot. Oh, my God. He always water skis. And he, you know, 99, he was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. At 99, he was still water skiing. That is very hardcore. Wow. Yeah. So (laughs) that's, you know, that's really it. I mean, don't stop living. I mean, when you stop being active and learning and doing things, you pretty much stop living. That's why I focus on active agers. Sustainability as far as exercise and eating has to do with, I prefer that people would eat whole foods as opposed to processed foods. So that's vegetables, that's fruits, that's the, you know, low fat protein, maybe it's dairy. And so everybody can have a garden. Even if you live in the city, you can have you know, pots of plants and have a garden. With the pandemic and and the lockdown last year, a lot of people created, had a garden that never had one before. And so you're eating more whole foods. And the more that you eat those whole foods, the better nutrients you're getting. The processed foods is where, you know, if you eat healthy, your body is healthy. If you eat unhealthy, your body is unhealthy. So it's your choice. Thanks for checking in with Cherry Bomb, the podcast, the companion piece to Sweet Glass, which can be found at The Art of Matt McKee. If you like the podcast and want to support what we do, it is simple as hitting the like button and leaving us a short review in your podcast reviewing app. Share it on your Facebook feed or on Twitter. Anything you can do to help us get the word out there will help us to grow and make this podcast stronger. If you have questions, suggestions, or comments, please feel free to drop me a line at matt at mckeephotography.com. Today's guest, Holly Quobo, owner of Fitting Fitness In, can be found at fittingfitnessin.com. Cherry Bomb, the podcast, is produced by me with consulting help from Suzanne Schultz and Canvas Fine Arts. Thanks for listening, and let's start the conversation.